Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank. This is a sportsethos.com presentation. You can follow the show on Twitter at Ethos Pelicans. And you can follow me at Lyle Swithenbank, L-Y-L-E-S-W-I-T-H-E-N-B-A-N-K. Well, 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 I, uh, as you may have saw on Twitter, I watched the game on delay. I was at a wedding. Congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Fisher for uh, tying the knot. It was not my wedding. I was merely a guest and uh, dressed in my Pell's gear. Um, the magic of television and Twitter showed you all that. Uh, it was a bit of fun. Anyway, I digress. Game number three, the Pelicans drop one late in the Smoothie King Centre despite the sellout crowd and all of the fanfare and the national media rhetoric changing to uh, favour the Pelicans. Uh, 114 to 111, 114 to 111 at the Smoothie King Centre. So, a weird sort of game. I think that's, that's probably the best description of it. For me... I felt like all of the momentum was behind us. You know, we had all the fanfare and it was almost like, I think the keys to the game, actually, let's backtrack a little bit. The keys to the game in the broadcast that Antonio Daniels always does, he always hits the nail on the head. It was Pelicans versus emotion. And that's sort of how we came out. We were up and about, started with a big Jackson Hayes dunk. Uh, The momentum was looking like it was with us. Obviously, no Devin Booker, who's out for the foreseeable future. Uh, despite him still deciding to involve himself in the game, but we'll get to that. And um, it looked like we're in for a bit of an arm wrestle. They were still hitting shots. They had the next man up mentality, and and DeAndre Ayton was just a man on a mission. Uh, he was he was fantastic for them. But it did just seem that we had a bit of jitters, and I thought, hang on, we'll get this out. We've come across this before in like first in the first game of the series, and. Uh, then we'll, we'll bounce back and, and continue to play nice and hard. And it just sort of felt, I don't know, like we never did that. We went back and forth and they went on a big run and then we went on a run. And just to close the game out, it was it just had echoes and shadows of, uh, of game one with Chris Paul stepping up in the last quarter to close it out. Now, I don't have, I mean, disappointing to lose, of course, they stepped up. We saw in the uh, in the pre-games and the like when they interviewed CJ McCollum, he was saying, look, a wounded animal is sometimes more unpredictable because you don't know uh, what they're going to do. You know, they're backed into a corner and they lash out. So, you know, Cam Johnson steps up for them. Uh, JaVale McGee, DeAndre Ayton, as I said, all the next man up came in and, uh, and did their job. And that's not to say that the Pelicans didn't do theirs. They just couldn't get the win over a very, very good side who 
got what they wanted for most of the night. And we, we just didn't really adapt. Now, something that we couldn't control, and this is what I'm going to start with, and it's all I will mention about it. I, I won't carry on as, as much as I know I probably should. Oh, that's why I waited until today uh, after having a good night's sleep to, uh, to do the pod. Because as you see in the title, I called it Refs Gone Wild. And I called it that because the referees decided to put their fingerprints all over this game. And I think unnecessarily so. We, we realise we're in the playoffs. I think everyone knows that. The arena was sold out. Everyone had t-shirts on. Looked fantastic. But the only ones that didn't seem to understand that were the referees. Because they had no control of the game. They then overreact on reactions of uh, certain players. And it, it just, frankly, was bad. It was inconsistent. It was disappointing to see that in a big game like this, the top seed versus a an underdog story that you know that's had a fair bit of uh, chatter about it that the referees just couldn't get it together they were really bad we saw that with the Jackson Hayes ejection now the ruling on the floor was nothing it was play on and that's what I'm going to start with this was an example of just an overreaction and Jay Crowder who we know likes to flop and likes to carry on uh, had been chomping away at the bit the whole time uh, trying to get Jackson Hayes to bite, and, and fair enough, because uh, Jax was a big part of the win in, uh, in game two. And they go for a rebound, and what Jay Crowder does is he turns towards Jackson Hayes and decides that he's going to try to body block him and shirt front Jackson from getting the offensive rebound, because Jax had been on a bit of a tear doing that. Jackson Hayes, being seven foot one, decided to just go straight through him. Now, the ruling was nothing. It was play on. Jay Crowder went to the ground, and Chris Paul got on his push bike and ran over to the refs and said, hey, you got to check this out. Look, this is not good enough. Oh, no. And had a whinge. And Jay Crowder's lying on the ground, splayed out. He did get hit hard. I'm not going to uh, contest that he, he got hit. But he folded like a camp chair and gets up and walks over like the hero that he is and decides to remonstrate with Jackson and Jackson's sitting there like come on bro like let's just play basketball and the refs decided to react to the reaction they then out of nowhere rule a flagrant two with no contact to the head uh, and they said there was contact to the back they said he's made unnecessary contact and reckless contact to his back now it looked like his front I don't know I've watched it about I don't know 30 times and it just looks like he hit him directly in the front. I don't know where his back is, but whatever the refs were seeing was not what actually happened. Now, do I think that it was reckless and do I think that it was probably a flagrant one? I think at that time of the game, there was some tensions bubbling along and you give him a flagrant one and you say, look guys, let's settle down. We're here to play basketball. What I don't like is the overreaction to then throw Jackson out of the game and then give Jay Crowder a technical so that we shoot a free throw. They then shoot two and get the ball back. I, I do not understand the reasoning in that. And maybe I'm just... Maybe I've watched too much basketball. And maybe I was too hot and bothered watching it uh, yesterday. But honestly, it was bizarre. It was the biggest reaction that I've seen. Overreaction that I've seen. And again, all it shows is that the refs had no control of the game. And by doing that, they showed that they could be manipulated. And we saw Jay Crowder, and we know he loves a flop, draw three offensive fouls by throwing his head back. 
by jumping his his uh, torso out and getting knocked on a on a screen because he was beat because he was just purely less athletic than uh, than the guy with the ball. So what it shows to me is that you're willing to not pay attention but react to the reaction, and I don't like that from the referees. I think you need if you you cannot gamble. If you make no call, be strong enough. Be professional enough to say, no, I don't need to respond to Chris Paul coming and having a whinge. I move on. We move on with the game. If there's no call, get up and win on the next play for the Suns. I did not like that at all. The other thing I did not like, and I know I've been going for a little bit on my little rant, was CJ McCollum. There was a foul called. He went to just have a regular jump shot after the play had been called. And CJ, uh, sorry, Devin Booker, who's not playing, whose hamstrings are shot, decided to push him. From out of bounds, so he didn't shoot it. Now, I don't know what the rule is on a bench player interfering with a player on the court. But I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to do that. And CJ McCollum turned around and said, I'm sure in the most nicest way, was, Hey friend, don't do that. Because it's not on. And the fact that there was no repercussions for that, the refs did nothing, there was no chance of them going and reviewing that, well frankly, is unacceptable. And the league should be looking at that and saying, hang on, that should be a fine and there should have been a flagrant one uh, or a technical foul on Devin Booker and the bench of the Suns for interfering with the players on the court. I do not think that's acceptable. And the fact that that was allowed to happen, again, shows that the refs had no control and were completely uh, overwhelmed by the size and magnitude of the moment and, I suppose, the... uh, pull of the Suns being the number one seed. They have to win. You know, that's that's it's essentially what we're being told is that they have to win because it's good for ratings. Uh, the refs are obviously uh, going to make the calls that they see and the ones that they're not going to see, they're going to make those ones as well. So um, honestly, I was, I was disappointed. I think that was the only thing that really annoyed me about this game. I thought the crowd was fantastic. I thought both teams competed it was an unbelievable game. It was an arm wrestle. You can see the lead changes. 15 lead changes, 14 ties. I mean, what a fantastic game for a huge Smoothie King uh, crowd. Honestly, to be a part of that was would have been awesome. What I didn't like is that on the big stage, the people that control the game have no control. And I don't know. That's enough of me ranting about the refs. But I tell you what, they need to sort it out because what what we saw was embarrassing. Anyway. Enough of that. So, let's go to the game. I've been, uh, I was obviously a little bit um, perplexed, is the word I'm going to use about that. Uh, quarter by quarter. First quarter, arm wrestle, 29 to 28. We went back and forth. Uh, a big shot after big shot. DeAndre Ayton was huge in the post for them. Uh, they were feeding him and getting that switch every time. And that was something that we really need to adjust to because they would set a screen and DeAndre Ayton was on a small bloke. They would then pass it to him. He would then do a little hook shot or dunk it or do whatever he wanted and got a bucket. And he was he was huge. He was massive for him in that first quarter. Uh, and we never really adjusted to that because JaVale McGee came on, same thing. You, you have a look at the box score. Who scored all their points? 28 and 17 for Aiton. And JaVale McGee had 15. So, you know, there's 40-odd points there just from uh, layups. So that'll be an adjustment. 
Second quarter, Phoenix got hold of us. They did. Uh, we were a bit rattled after the Jackson Hayes ejection. Um, it, it honestly, you could see that it really took the wind out of the sails. The guys were a bit shook. Uh, all the momentum went with the Suns. They were hitting shot after shot, getting what they wanted, and again, punished in the paint. Um, and we just did not have an answer for, for DA. He was he was too big. Um, we had 19, they had 31, and they go out to a bit of a lead at, at the half. Coming out of the uh, half time, though, as we know, we've been a really good th- uh, third quarter team, and we did that. We defended the absolute hell out of it. Um, we were hitting shots. We were moving, moving the ball. Um, you know, guys were playing out of their skin. Uh, Devontae Graham got going. He hit a couple of threes. That was a bit earlier on in the game. But, again, everyone was playing and exceeding in their roles. And that's what we need to be able to beat a team like this. And uh, so we dropped 31. They dropped 22. And it's near on even going into the uh, into the last quarter. I think it's three points, four points going into the last quarter. And um, all of a sudden, it's an arm wrestle. It's back and forth and... Chris Paul has just gone ballistic in the last quarter. He's hitting all of his mid-ranges, and we're trying to defend him, and they're getting the switches again, and Aiton's getting going. Jay Crowder hit a late three. Uh, We missed a few offensive rebounds, and that was probably the nail in the coffin when they were getting those uh, second-chance points uh, down the the stretch. They pushed it to a five-point game, and uh, in the end, we lose by three, uh, despite every fight back from the guys. And, you know, we lose that quarter 33-32, to with the three-point margin. And honestly, I'm proud of the guys. They battled. Jose in the last quarter was fantastic. He, he, I think he had nine points, and they were all in the last quarter. Uh, he was he was unreal. Him, Brandon Ingram, another big game. He was huge down the stretch, 34 points. CJ had 30 as well. Um, and every, everyone was okay. It was, it was just a shame that Jackson, who was absolutely going uh, going wild, he had four points and six rebounds in only 10 minutes. He was great. And then it, his night gets ended like that. I thought that was just unacceptable. And um, besides that, you're just happy for the guys. They came out and competed. They took uh, these guys right to the end. And we know we can beat them. So we come back out on, um, on Sunday night, Monday morning for me, and, and we take them on. And we go at them. And we make those adjustments. Like we said, we adjust after every game. They're going to do the same. We're playing chess. It's a long game. And um, we're making a series of moves. And guys have got to adapt and, and react. And, and, and no doubt, it'll be another arm wrestle on uh, for game four. Downside of this is that they've now won home court advantage back uh, by stealing one at our house. So we now need to react. It means we're going to have to win more on the road if we were to advance. But I think this is going to be a long series. It feels like an absolute arm wrestle. And, you know, that's where we battled to be here. And to get a team playing like this at this time of year, this is when, this is when the stars shine. This is when uh, you're on the biggest stage. And our guys aren't shying away from it. And you've got to be pretty impressed with that. So, uh, team stats, we'll head over to that. Now, a few key stats that, that I just want to highlight, and I won't go through them all, but where we lost this game, what we oh, let's start with what we did right. Kept them to four of 26 shooting from three-point land. They love three-pointers. They fiend on three-pointers, and we kept them to four of 26. We hit 11 ourselves. 
So killed him at the three-point line. Love that. It's really good. What I didn't like is that they had 87 shot attempts to our 79. And that comes from second chance opportunities. They had nine offensive rebounds to our 11, but they then converted on them. Whereas a lot of ours, we were either kicking it back out or would have a few and, and wouldn't capitalize on getting that second chance. And the big thing, we know this is a big transition team. We give up 14 turnovers. And off that, they get 23 points off turnovers. That's the game right there. You get that to 10 turnovers and keep it to 19 points off turnovers, you win the game. Another thing that we didn't do well was our free throw shooting. We started 13 of 14 in our free throws. As soon as that was mentioned, we missed the next seven. 24 of 31 we finished on the night. Again, you hit three, four more of them, you win the game. They shot 22 of 27, 81% to our 71. You know, that's, uh, that's where we get in trouble. Another thing that we probably didn't do it quite as well was the assists. We had 17 assists to their 26, and we just did not move the ball well. It stuck. Guys were trying to win one-on-one, and there were possessions where we sat there dribbling between our legs uh, and watching the clock run down. And we know we play best when we play fast. And every time our offense was clicking, it's because we were pressuring their defense. We weren't letting them get in front. And it was disappointing to see that those assists really um, were, were not there. We know we needed up near that 26, 27, 28 mark for us to be successful. And and we didn't do that. So no doubt they'll uh, they'll want to review uh, that, the guys will, and, and want to make those adjustments and, and trust each other. Because it's all well and good to get 60 points from CJ and, and Brandon, and we're going to need that. But you can't have only two other guys in double figures, and that's DG and, and Herb, and no one else really contribute on the scoring end. It's not going to fly. We need someone else to step up. And, and whether that's JV or that's Jax when he gets to actually play. Uh, Jose, Trey, Trey didn't score in this one. Larry Nance only had two points. It was a tough night offensively. And that's despite us going and shooting 48%. So there's plenty of room for improvement. I think we can be better. I think they know they can be better and, and we'll come out again and give them a crack. The one stat that I did love was 18,962 in attendance. That was awesome. To see, uh, to watch on the uh, screen, everyone there in their red shirts, the one Nola shirts, just fantastic. I love that everyone was out there despite the late start, the delay after the, the bomb threat. that wasn't actually a bomb, but obviously you got to check all that sort of stuff out. Glad everyone's all right. Pushed it back. There was no uh, excuse, the use of that as an excuse after the game, but again, it was great to see everyone out there and, and supporting the team because playoff basketball is the best sort of basketball. When when it's umpired correctly, well, you know, it's even better. But that's just me being salty. So I am going to run through the box score now and then we'll go to a break. Uh, CJ had the 34 and 7 assists, 2 steals and a block. 11 of 23 shooting. 4 of 11 from 3. He was all right. He was pretty solid. Got your 30 points. Uh, sometimes I feel that CJ doesn't move the ball fast enough, but... Then he goes and scores it, and then I feel like an idiot for thinking it. So, I don't know. Again, there'll be adjustments made. Uh, Herb Jones, 12, 3 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal. 20th consecutive game with either a steal or a block. Uh, He got one vote in the Rookie of the Year voting as well. Uh, So, all credit to him for, for getting in the conversation after the great year that Herb has had. Brandon Ingram was fantastic again. He was getting whatever he wanted, and that mid-range is just his 
hunting ground. He loves it. 34 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 block, 11 of 19. He, three threes again. He was just, he was unreal. And I'm so proud of Brandon and how he has really just shined on the biggest stage. He's made all the doubters just close their mouths. And he's uh, he's been awesome. JV, 6 and 11, 1 assist, 1 steal, 1 block, 1 of 5 shooting. And it was not his night. He got punished by DeAndre Ayton and he struggled. He, he really struggled offensively and hopefully he can uh, he can rebound and have a have a big game next one and they can adjust and put him in some positions to succeed and he can capitalize on that because what we saw from JV, I'm sure he wouldn't be happy with and no doubt he will bounce back because we've seen him dominate. And, uh, you know, Aiton's pretty handy, but he's also, uh, he's got a tendency to foul. So if you can exploit that, well, let's get him off the court and we'll go at him uh, that way. Jackson Hayes, four and six rebounds um, in nine minutes and 58. And that's when they blew the whistle and threw him out, which was, well, we know how I feel about that. Larry Nance, two points, four rebounds, one assist. No points for Trey. He was a bit off with his shot. Only had two attempts and, oh, three attempts, but two from three and missed them both. Jose, massive in the last quarter. Nine points, one rebound, one assist. He was huge. Um... And there was a point where the, the ref actually wouldn't let him do his hiding on the baseline trick. The ref called him out and said, no, you've got to come up here in the play. And he's like, why? And I, I think that, that again, there's an umpire just being like, no, Suns have to win this. You can't be doing any sneaky stuff. And it ruins the game. It takes all the entertainment out of it. it. takes the fun out of it for the crowd. And I don't know. I thought, let them play. Get your whistle out of the game. Uh, Devontae Graham hit three threes in a row, which was awesome. He had 12 points, five rebounds, one assist, and he was probably our best guy off the bench uh, besides Jose closing out. He was huge down the stretch, whereas Devontae in the first half was awesome. And Najee Marshall in 11 minutes had two points, one rebound, three assists, and he attacked. He moved the ball. He drove and kicked. He pushed it in transition, and that's all we asked from Najee. He made the most of his minutes. Alas, we fell short. So, We'll go to a break. I'll come back after that. And then we will do our three key takeaways and have a chat about game four. So I'll be back in a minute. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So, thank you to our sponsors, mybookie.ag. Use the code ETHOS when you sign up. That will give you a 100% deposit match bonus. If you're going to do all of your gambling over there, go and do it at mybookie.ag. Gamble responsibly. And thank you to manscaped.com. Use the code ETHOS2020, the numerals at the end, at checkout. That will give you 20% off and free shipping. Go and check out the Lawnmower 4.0 and also the Weed Whacker that you can use for all your grooming needs, manscaped.com and use Ethos20 at checkout, 20% off and free shipping because we love a discount. And thank you to expressvpn.com for all your VPN 
needs, you go and check that out at ExpressVPN. They've got plenty of different deals that you can do. But if you go and use the exclusive website, expressvpn.com forward slash hoopball, that will give you an extra three months on a 12-month subscription. So 15 months for the price of 12. Uh, you can protect your identity online, hide your location, all that sort of stuff that you can use a VPN for. And uh, go and check it out at expressvpn.com forward slash hoopball. And finally, our daily fantasy partner, thrivefantasy.com. Go and check it out. Uh, use the code ethos when you sign up. That will give you a 100% deposit match bonus and two or four free game tickets. Uh, you can't get that deal with anything else, so check that out. If you like your daily fantasy and want some tips, go and check them out at the uh, Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. There's plenty going on over there. They do a podcast every day. They'll give you all the hints and tips to help you win dollary dues. So go and check them out. ThriveFantasy.com. Use the code ETHOS and let them know that we sent you. Now back to our regular program. So, welcome back to the Sports Ethos, New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Lyle here. Um, disappointing loss, 114 to 111, as we said. Uh, the three key takeaways from the game. From game three, we're down 2-1. Number one, the Pelicans seemed a bit in awe of the moment. I, I think that was the, mo- the biggest crowd that we had at the Smoothie King Center for a long time. It was a complete sellout. I know game four will be as well. Uh, they've announced that. Everyone in red, everyone's chanting your name, everyone's up and about. I heard the Jose uh, chants going around. Everyone is just enamored with this team. And it almost seemed to be a bit too much for the team. They came out and they were like, yeah, this is our house. And, you know, um, the Suns were the complete professionals. They came out and and took advantage of um, the jittery sort of up and about Pelicans with the tails up and, and started punching them in the mouth. And we responded, we did really well, but obviously couldn't overcome uh, the final three points despite the best efforts. Uh, it was a learning uh, experience, I think, and now the guys can see that the Smoothie King Center is going to rock when we're ready to play. So you've got to be up and about, you've got to be ready and not to shy away from the moment. Embrace it. This is the best part of the year. So uh, we'll get those nerves out, we'll get the jitters out, and you know it's going to continue to be an arm wrestle. We're going to adapt. adapt. We, we don't lie down. We don't bow down. Huh? How's that one? Um, and that's what I love about this team. I think that's what everyone loves about this team is that they respond. No one's going to punk them. And, and that's been great. So don't shy away from the moment. Embrace it. And use it to channel your six man on the court is the crowd. So keep them going. And keep getting down there if you're a supporter. Key takeaway number two. The bench needs to give more. In game two, the bench was huge. We got big contributions from Larry Nance, Trey Murphy, guys like that. Jack, oh, well, Jacks was starting, but uh, that second unit was um, was huge. In this one, not so much, a bit less, uh, and we really need the bench to give us that oomph that uh, we've seen them do in different parts, even in this game. But we just need more, and we need the starters to step up as well. We we know we're going to get sixty from uh, Brandon and CJ or thereabouts, and. We need that third guy to step up. So whether that's JV or whether that's Jax or whether that's Herb Jones, uh, the other guys need to step up in this one and we've got to win by committee. And I suppose the third key takeaway is trust your teammates. When you've got the ball and they come to blitz you or double team, don't panic. Work together. Pelicans committee is, is when we win. 
You win by committee. Move the ball. 17 assists is not enough. You need another 10 of them. So move the ball, work together and play together and, and trust your teammates and, and it'll come together. It honestly will. So that's really what I want to see. I want to see at least 25 to 27 assists in the next game and put each other in a position to be successful. That's, that's what I'd love to see. So they're the three key takeaways. Now, we'll dart over to preview the next game. Smoothie King Centre again, Sunday night, uh, another late start. Hopefully not as late as the last one where it was delayed, but um, they will no doubt have to respond. It's 9.30am my uh, time game, so I suppose that's, what, 8.30 in New Orleans. Get down there, check out if there's any pre-game uh, events and stuff on. I'm sure there is. Look at the Pels 12 Twitter if you want to see that. And, um, yeah, we've got to get hold of them. We've got to adapt. We can't let uh, Aiton get going again. Can't let JaVale just dunk it whatever he wants. Uh, we've got to make it tough for him. And whether that's blitzing Paul, uh, Chris Paul to get the ball out of his hands or uh, taking away uh, the airspace of DeAndre Aiton to be able to catch the ball by fronting him, well, maybe those are things that we need to do. But there's got to be some adjustments that need to happen. No doubt the brain's trust with Willie Green at the helm is, is sorting that out. So we'll see what happens there. Okay. So, that's game four. We're going to have another special guest coming up. So, check that out in the coming days. It'll be on the off day. Uh, we'll do a little uh, cheeky uh, episode in the off day because we like that. We're getting the episodes going and we're listening to different personalities around uh, the Pelicans franchise So uh, and fan base. So, keep an eye out for that one. I think I'm going to leave it at that. We've chatted for long enough. All in all, disappointing loss. A lot to take away from it. A lot of adjustments, especially for the refs um, and also for our Pels. So there's a bit to bit to improve and we can do that. And all credit to the Suns for getting the win on this one. But, you know, we'll respond and they won't get to walk all over us. So, going to leave it at that. As always, this is the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank, at Ethos Pelicans on Twitter, at Lyle Swithenbank. Go and give us a follow. Uh, there's plenty going on over on my Twitter, and we're getting the uh, the show one up and about too. That's really flying at the minute. So check that out for all your news and updates on the Pelicans. And uh, I'll have a chat to you probably tomorrow or the day after. One of those. Yeah, coming up. So stay safe and uh, bye for now. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.